University of Iowa, you're probably wondering why should you take me seriously as even a candidate to be the offensive coordinator of Iowa when I don't have a bachelor's degree, less than five years of coaching experience, didn't go to the University of Iowa. Why for the Hawkeyes offensive coordinator position? Yeah, I might not have a lot of great coaching experience, but the few times I was a coach, it was for powder puff. But the time I was part of a coaching staff, we won 18 to nothing. Yeah, I was on the practice field making sure that our team would improve. And yeah, I was the third assistant coach from the head coach. But I have love and respect for college football and the atmosphere. I have family that went to the University of Iowa. My older brothers and my father that was proud to be in medical school at the University of Iowa. The Big Ten has expanded. While I agree with a conservative running game, but if that isn't working, we need to have a similar offensive passing plays from the Pac-12 teams that is joining the Big Ten. Look, I work with the QB and try to see what type of plays would fit these players to make the most success out of the team. Now, don't expect the top five offense off the bat, because let's face it, we, we saw the offense from last year. But I have a goal to get us at least around 90th best offense and go from there. In a game situation, I throw all the stops. Single formation, shotgun, I-form. If it seems we aren't making progress on offense, tight end sweep, jet sweep. If we have a speedy QB, QB draw. Naked bootleg, speed option. Second play to start of the second half, I call a Hail Mary just to throw our opponent off balance. I not only have different play styles at my arsenal, but I even find ways to cream plays, and my clock management is excellent. I mean, whenever I play on NCAA 14 and Madden video games. Okay, let me get to the point. I see that Tiger Hawk logo, and I see that eye of the vision of Iowa being in not just in a bowl game, but even in the college football playoff. If you have me be part of your staff of win, graduate, do it right. Nathan, Nathan, I don't know what you're doing. Dude, this is not, this is Coffin Corners. Oh, this isn't the University of Iowa Athletic Department. Well, I guess I have one thing to say. Coming to you live from someone's bedroom, it's Coffin Corner. With the 262nd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Brock Purdy, a quarterback from Iowa State. The frozen tundra of Municipal Stadium made footing tenuous, and defense prevailed most of the day. Listening to Coffin Corners. I'm Big Tom McLean. With me, as always, my buddy Nathan Sprague. Nathan, if I had a football team, I would fire my coach right now and hire you immediately. Well, I do appreciate that. Uh, to be honest, I'm kind of disappointed, but I'm kind of glad I wasn't at the University of Iowa Athletic Department. I could have done a whole lot better than that. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> no, probably not. That was my best. Well, you sound pretty qualified, I think. I mean, they should they could give you a shot, I think. Yeah, maybe for special teams, maybe. <laughs> like the assistant for special teams. I wouldn't be able to do the wonders of that special teams coordinator. I mean, my goodness. 
they'll let you be the guy that holds the the fake wheel you know when, when you go on a, a boat they you know there's the real captain's wheel and then there's like the fake one down on the deck that they let the kids play with they'll let you be that guy they'll let you they'll let you steer the team from the the fake the fake steering wheel <laughs> yeah or, or hold a clipboard and i keep on yelling like okay we're gonna kick we're gonna kick it's first down it's first down <laughs> what, what the heck are you talking about we're on defense what do you mean also, I'm definitely looking forward to playing the NFL Network music, Tom, and telling everybody, yes, that is indeed Christmas music. Oh, that's right. We've got a big football game coming up on December 25th this week, don't we? Yeah, Baltimore Ravens and your San Francisco 49ers. And also, the Philadelphia Eagles are going on a similar losing losing skid that your uh, San Francisco 49ers were experiencing. But the only difference was... You guys didn't have Debo Samuel. I don't know what's going on with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles felt like they, I mean, I've said it on the show before. I felt like they overreacted to the loss of the 49ers. The 49ers, I didn't feel like the 49ers exposed them in a way that other teams were going to be able to do the same thing. The 49ers were just a better team, and they overpowered them. And I think that they just proved what people knew the year before. If the 49ers were fully loaded, we would have had a completely different team going to the Super Bowl, more than likely. Who knows? Maybe they would have even won the Super Bowl. We don't know. We'll never know. Yeah, I think it's hard to um, put anybody in front of them in the trophy right now. If the 49ers are healthy, it's hard to imagine anybody because they're just beating teams down. Yeah, but we'll see how they play against Baltimore. And that would really answer a lot of people's questions with the San Francisco 49ers because they beat down both the Eagles and the Cowboys. Let's see how they do against the best of the AFC. Yeah, I think uh, we talked about their uh, – you used a big word. What is it, ornithologist? And here, here we go. Yeah, ornithologist, yeah. <laughs> we got w- one more bird left, and then I believe we close out the season against the Rams. So this is the final bird that the 49ers need to fry this week. Or this season, I should say. <laughs> There'll probably be a few in the playoffs, I'm guessing. Maybe two or three birds in the playoffs. Yeah, it could be Eagles, Seahawks. Uh, my Falcons prediction isn't looking great, Tom, to be honest, because the Falcons found a way in a game that originally was cost only 45 cents to get tickets. Oh, tickets. that's right. They found a way to lose to the Carolina Panthers. I saw that. What an amazing thing that was being posted all over the place where you can literally buy tickets for 45 cents to the game. I think the last time that happened was around the 1950s. Yeah, I think you're right. I love that. (laughs) I, I collect a lot of ephemera from the old days. And so I have tickets from like, um, you know, Keysar stadium, which was, the 49ers very first stadium and and you know some of those games it was 75 cents to go to the game man could you imagine that but remember probably around that time that was considered expensive oh we might yeah we might be thankful later on like a hundred dollars for a ticket to a football game gosh that's cheap i i hate to tell you that tom but we might get to that point we'll be thankful to have a football ticket that's cost a hundred dollars yeah i remember with uh candlestick park had a unique pricing system they had 
all the seats cost the same on the first market, you know. So so every seat for a regular season game was fifty five dollars, and that's a was even at that time was a, you know it was it was expensive, but it wasn't high price. Like it was probably still one of the cheaper tickets, especially if you got good seats. It was one of the cheaper tickets in the NFL. Granted, it was the one of the oldest, most beat up uh, stadiums, you know. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I had to step up and cough for a second. <laughs> but we've spent, I mean, I've gone to a lot of games at Candlestick Park, and um, I never paid more than, I think, $65, $70 to go. Um, and I think the tickets were usually 55 bucks. And if you went to a preseason game, usually you got them from season ticket holders that didn't want to go. So... You know, you're paying, you know, four or five bucks a game. Oh, those were good. Those were a lot of, and you could still do that with these teams. Probably not at, probably not at Levi Stadium anymore. But it, or SoFi Stadium, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, SoFi still, they get a lot of people out there, don't they? Yeah. I really, but as you said, it's more of a away, away park than a home, than a home stadium. It's, it's, how about the Chargers? Are the Chargers drawing okay even against their opposing teams? Because I wonder, because I kind of figured the Charger effect would kind of wear off, you know? Well, that leads to my sportstitious, sort of. Uh, the Raiders went from scoring nothing in a low-scoring affair against the Minnesota Vikings to scoring an astronomical 60 free points against the Chargers. Wow, that's crazy. So if you I aver- think what's- if you average it out, they're still doing good. They're still scoring a lot. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, 63 divided by two, so that means around 31.5 points per game. Yeah, you get one. <laughs> you get 0.5 points in a game. That's really impressive on its own. <laughs> That's a hard feat to pull off. <laughs> yeah, but I'm also happy with my Colts. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I. I know it sounds weird, but remember, we were on a streak of losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it was eight straight games facing against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we didn't win. Oh, wow. So we ended that. So we no longer have a draw against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But then again, we were facing, I think it was Mitchell Trubisky. So, I mean, and also I have to say, Tyler Goodson, you know, I haven't heard from him in a long time, but it's great to see it. A fellow Iowa Hawkeye, you know, he 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 didn't score any touchdowns, but he did make a key thirty-one yard rush for a first down to kind of seal the game for the Indianapolis Colts. I nearly said the Iowa Hawkeyes. I mean, <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> so I'm I'm happy with that, and also we faced the Atlanta Falcons this. On Christmas Eve, so I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, and, but I feel Falcons kind of imploding right now, right? I mean, the Falcons had a chance of winning the NFC South division. I think Arthur Smith is going to end up getting fired. If you have the easiest schedule out of all of the NFL, out of all of the NFL, and you still cannot manage to find a way to win, not only the the, the lowly NFC South division, 
but not get in the playoffs, I'm sorry, you're going to be in a sweltering, smoldering hot seat right now at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're in a weak division. That's that's when you're that's when the patience is really thin with upper management. Yeah, definitely. I I kind of feel bad for the Falcons, but on the other hand, um, you pick the easiest schedule. It, it's like similar with the Iowa Hawkeyes. They have the easiest schedule, and they play maybe one or two tough opponents, but they don't find a way to get at least winning, at least six. You know, half of those games, I mean, you can't really feel too bad. <laughs> you set yourself up for having an easy road, and if you still can't manage to do that, well, there might be a whole lot more problems maybe on the coaching side than on your team because your team should be bound to at least win half of those games. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Anything else catching your eye in the, as far as the NFL right now? Or is it, are you, I know that you're kind of focused on the bowl games. I guess we could get into some bowl game preview because you were telling me some uh, college football stuff that I wasn't even really able to follow uh, along with. And it, it seems like it's turned into like a big free for all in the, uh, in, in the NCAA, as we'd like to call it now. What are we calling it? We're calling it uh, semi pro football. No, 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 Tom. We're, we can't even say semi-pro football anymore because because one of the people part of the NCAA decided that it's not just going to be NIL. They're actually going to pay the players. College football is basically 2024 is dead. Semi-pro ball, did you enjoy that for around two weeks, Tom? Semi-pro ball? Because that's dead too. Wow. This is product university ball this is brand university ball whatever you want to call it but it's no longer college football it's becoming like a showcase now where players they go from high school and they go okay well here i want to showcase here and they have all these different ways of uh leveraging and the schools have it's it's a very interesting thing it's gonna it's gonna be bad for college football overall i think I guess we could call it portal ball. I could see that on a shirt. Portal ball. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. That portal. That, that's that. That was when football lost a lot of people who had been with football for a long time. Was when free agency um, in the late '80s really became a thing, where that you had great players, you know, going from one team to another. Um, as a 49er fan, I remember we had uh, Ronnie Lott and Roger Craig going over to the Raiders at the same time. And that was just like, what? <laughs> you know, that was just, what? <laughs> and uh, and that's what college football is going to start facing. And the unfortunate part is a lot of times these college football players, they build their name through their school. And then when they get on to the pros, they already have like, you know, they have fans. They have people that are already pulling for them. And so it kind of is going to change that a little bit too. I, I, don't, I think this is going to have this syndrome of, you know, oh, somebody appeared out of nowhere. You know, but I also think people are going to come more disposable too because there's always going to be somebody else out there. It's going to be a really interesting thing for them to navigate. Not only that, but is it going to – get to the point that sport that college sports will end up being similar to what I've been noticing 
in the entertainment industry? Is it just going to be just one or two, just one or two conferences, yeah. just one or two companies to go to? Yeah, not, yeah. not to get off track, but I've, I've been hearing rumors, you know, about about Warner Discovery and Paramount, you know, merging now. And so that's kind of having me kind of worried about, <laughs> you know, not just like entertainment itself, but animation, because you need variety. Yeah, you have three or four creators, you know, you have three or four people that are in charge of the, you know, what's being made. That's that's a bad thing. It, it really is. I never thought of it. I, I remember watching on a YouTube video. I hope you don't mind. We, we go a little bit off track a bit, and then we'll get back on track, okay? <laughs> really? Uh, we never get back on track. That's fine. That's, that's how we do this. <laughs> that's why we're Coffin Corners. Coffin Corners don't stay on track. But I, I remember listening on a YouTube video today, actually, they were discussing about, I think the name of it was Round Table, and they were discussing about how you need comp competition in order to develop innovation. Because if you don't got any competition, then how can you be able to develop, you know, such creative ideas? Exactly. What's the what's the purpose? If if there's no competition, if there's no reason to really advance, then you're gonna advancements are become slower and slower. Yeah, it's just crazy how sports and entertainment, you know, are just commingling of the direction we don't want it to go to. They're both heading on the same track. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Interestingly enough, our, uh, our, uh, our human interest story, <laughs> if you could call it a story, we were going to discuss our, our favorite, some of our favorite cameos and appearances of football players in the entertainment world. So um, it's kind of interesting how that all ties together. I've always enjoyed when you have like a good, you know, a good athlete that does a good job and they have good chops when they, when they do enter the entertainment world, you know, like as much as I don't care for LeBron when he did, I forget which movie it was. He did a movie a while back and he was actually pretty good in it. And I was like, okay. So, and then, you know, then every time something happens in the news, he opens. I know what movie you are talking about, but I forget the name of it, but it has Bill Hader in it. Right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but he did. You know, he did a good job in it. And there's been athletes throughout time that were able to pull it off, and there's been athletes that absolutely couldn't pull it off. I remember. Um, did you do you remember the show Webster? Yeah, it sounds familiar. So Webster, the dad on Webster was Alex Karras. And Alex Karras in the NFL was like this monster. You know, he was like this kind of considered a dirty player. Um, he's now in the, I believe he's now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, but on Webster, he was like this very kind and very nurturing father. Like he was like a, um, they had adopted Webster. So that they, he was like a kind of a, a step, not a stepdad, but a, adopted father right and um I, I believe that the premise of the show he was a former football player with the lions and his teammate uh was 
his best friend and then his I believe his teammate passed away and he ended up taking taking care of his son. So I believe that's the premise. Such a good show. But it, that was one of my early experiences when I realized he's a real life football player because I was a little kid when it, when I was watching it. I, I just got the name. It's called Trainwreck. That was the name of the movie. You're LeBron right. James Trainwreck. I believe it was Trainwreck. I think you're right. That was those rare few movies that I could tolerate Amy Schumer. Yeah, it was an Amy Schumer movie. That's right. Yeah, I did. she wasn't very particularly good in it. And I mean, maybe he wasn't that great, but because maybe he was just good <laughs> maybe compared Amy to everybody Schumer else. Maybe because Amy Schumer like, I'll take anything. LeBron James, you deserve an Oscar, an Oscar nomination. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, comparatively he was amazing <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think going back who are some of your favorite uh i guess maybe we'll start in the movies like movie wise do you have any favorite like athletes that crossed over or just did even just cameos in movies that you thought of or that you could think well of? i I'm, i mentioned to you earlier about jim brown uh he was in the movie mars attacks oh okay yeah, he even got at some point he he uh, beat up some aliens or he was trying to. That was a surprisingly star-studded cast. They had like Pierce Brosnan, Sarah Jessica Parker. They even had Jack Black. I mean, he had a he had a minor role, but it's just crazy. Like a lot of these well-known actors coming together. Uh, what was basically based on a bunch of stickers. Mars Attacks with the stickers or cards. Really? Yeah, I think it was either stickers or cards. Huh. I'll have to check that out. I don't, I've never heard about that one. I've never heard of it. But we are talking about some Lakers players making cameos. I have to say, Kobe Bryant comes in mind, especially. I wanted to, first off, I had to rewatch this episode. Uh, it was a it was a half court shot episode for the Disney cartoon. Actually, I'm gonna say Disney animation of the Proud Family, and Kobe Bryant had a, a voice role. Oh wow, that's <laughs> I, cool. I, yeah, I didn't know that he did any of that. That's pretty amazing. Oh, I, I was looking up some old clips on some shows I, I I never even heard of. Like there was one, there was one show called In the House, and Kobe Bryant was great. But even Derek Fisher was even better. Derek Fisher. <laughs> I tell you, the first time I saw Derek Fisher on TV, he was on a show um, called Oh, what's the? It's a it's the dating show. Maybe it's a dating game. He was on the dating game. He was up against a uh, running back from the Colts, Zach, Zach Crockett, I want to say. And then there was somebody else. And it's probably somebody that's more famous than the other two. But that's, I just remember Derek Fisher. And then when I met Derek Fisher years later, I, I mentioned that I had seen it. And he looked down. He goes, Man, I can't believe anybody saw that. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. So I remember Derek Fisher from that. And I think, if I remember, Derek Fisher won. I think he won the show, too. Wow, that's crazy. So you also, missed... I guess. Oh, go ahead. oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go, go where you were going. 
I just realized Rick Fox, uh, I'm not sure if it was really a cameo, but he acted in the movie uh, Holes, and I watched the heck out of that movie. Huh. Uh, he, he, he played a baseball player of the Texas Rangers, and his nickname was Sweet Feet. <laughs> Rick Fox does a lot of acting. I've seen him in a few different things. I'm not sure if you could really count as a cameo, but I mean, he, he was an athlete, you know, at the time. And so he, he was in the movie. Like, do you remember a movie where it was a Sean Connery movie where they, um, where there were hostages taken in Alcatraz called the rock? No. Great movie. So, uh, one of the prison guards is, was San Francisco 49er four time Super Bowl winner, Keena Turner or not Keena Turner. Oops. It was Dwight Hicks, not Keenan Turner, and not four-time Super Bowl winner. I gotta fix that. One of the actors was three-time Super Bowl winner, Dwight Hicks. I still probably got it wrong because I think he might have only won two Super Bowls. But yeah, he was one of the he was one of the prison guards, and he's he still does a lot of acting, does a lot of voiceover stuff. So he's out there. He's doing quite a bit. Well, that's good for him. So. When you mentioned Jim Brown, I was terrified that you were going to mention the same movie I was going to talk about because um, my one of my favorite movies that with the cameo Jim Brown was actually in. Actually, I'm kidding. I was pretty confident that you wouldn't choose this movie. I'm going to play an excerpt from it. I'm pretty sure you won't know this movie, but just in case, I'm going to play an excerpt from it and see if you remember. Okay, you ready? Okay. Hey, Jack. All right. You got this stuff? Yeah. All cleaned in oil. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Let's get it on. Who are these guys? It's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. So the guy that asked asked about the theme music was Keenan Ivory Wayans, who we know is the one that kind of created in living color and the, I don't know what he would be like the, the beginner of the Wayans brothers. Like that's the beginner of America's consciousness of the Wayans brothers, I guess, or their awareness of the Wayans brothers. I'm trying to use big words for no reason today. If you haven't noticed Nathan. Um, so do you have any idea what movie that is? Was that that remake eighteen movie? No, it was. This movie was called "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker," and Jim Brown was actually in it. He wasn't in this scene. He was actually only in a few scenes. And there was another. I think there was another football player or two that had appearances. I can't remember who, just off the top of my head. But so that the person that Keenan Ivory Wayans was talking to was Bernie Casey, who was a 49ers football player back in like way back like in the i, I want to say early 60s and uh he ended up going on he had an acting career so you might recognize him from a few things i'd have to look up his imdb to remember exactly what he was in but he was so good and i'm gonna get you sucker and for years it was one of my favorite comedies it's kind of a movie that makes fun of the black exploitation films you know what i mean and so it was and it was a wayans brothers early Wayans brothers and so it had all these there were these great bits where um you know uh like 
Chris Rock was in it. They had the, the great. Book. Oh, so so it's like a black dynamite, basically. It's so yeah, it was such a good movie. Chris Rock was in it. It was, it was the famous one where Chris Rock went in and was like asking the guy if if he could buy just one rib. He went into the rib place and he's like, "How much is ribs?" And he goes, "He's like, oh, ribs is seven dollars." He goes, "No, no, just one rib." <laughs> so he he was like trying to get down to as little you know paying as little as possible. It's just a really really funny movie. Really funny movie, ridiculously funny movie. <laughs> so yeah, that's so I'm gonna get you sucker. That was uh, that was one of my favorite movies because years later I found out oh the guy the main character used to be a 49er and that just made me uh, like it even more. And then um, I was thinking about TV cameos and I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite, but for some reason the first one I thought of I think you might know what this one is so. Um, well, I'll give you I'll give you the name of the athlete just so you have the era in mind. The athlete is Joe Namath, and I don't know if you remember this TV appearance. I can do for you, Bobby. Could you come over for dinner one night, Joe? It's on the no, Brady Bunch. Not. I have to hop a plane right after the game. How about an autographed photo, Bobby? I brought one along for you. That'll be great. Better lie down. You look weaker. What would you like for me to say on it, Bobby? To my great friend, Bobby Brady. To my great friend, Bobby Brady. At Lou's house, I always have dinner when I'm in town. You do? Whatever he says, her. I'm sorry, I won't get a chance to meet some of his friends. To meet some of his friends. Like Eddie Clark, Tommy Hamner, Todd Kearney, Bert Stevens. Give him a chance to catch up. There, I'm caught up. Go ahead, Bobby. And especially Eric Parker, who refused to believe that I'm really good friends with Bobby Bray. <laughs> That's all? That's all. Now you can write whatever you want. So that was Bobby Brady getting his autograph from Joe Namath on the on the, the Brady Bunch. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember that episode by chance? It, the clip sounds very familiar. I didn't watch uh, a lot of Brady Bunch, to be honest. I was mostly just watching. What I had was just a Nicktoons, Cartoon Network... Oh, okay. So when I said Joe Namath, did you get nervous that I was going to play another clip? No, not not at all. But it brought me back memories of a Simpsons episode. He did a voice cameo for Bart Starr, I do believe was the name of the episode. Oh, how funny. Yeah, the Simpsons is good on cameos. They do a really good job with that. They have a lot of players come in and do cameos. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, but the Simpsons uh, star athlete cameos that comes to mind was the episode when Homer Simpson got paid to, uh, because most of the time these star athletes weren't getting recognized in the highlight reels, so he got paid the to give them like the most excessive and crazy celebrations. So, <laughs> like to Tom Brady, uh, Michelle Kwan. And even Yao Ming and Warren Sapp. Nice. (laughs) 
Michelle Kwan's was fantastic. Like one of the judges gave her a bad score, and she was getting ready to to use her. <laughs> she she does a triple axle on on, on the judge's face on on the on, on the judge, and she gets and she gets a ten and and she marks it as a ten. <laughs> nice. On the judge. <laughs> Yeah, you can see how I got my deranged humor from. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. They, they had an episode of The Simpsons where Steve Sachs was driving through Springfield and he got pulled over by the cops. And they're like, Steve Sachs, he goes, New York. And he goes, I heard there was a murder in New York and it never got solved. <laughs> and so they threw him in jail and they and, uh, and Chief Quimbley, is that his name? He goes, uh, he Chief goes, Quimby. yeah, Quimby. He goes, he goes, yep, I guess we can wrap up. He goes, I guess we can, um, I guess we we could say that we solved every case, every murder case ever happened in New York or every unsolved murder case in New York history or something like that. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said something like that. And and Mr. Burns was was going, how about you get rid of those sidebirds, Matt and Lee? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> just like Steinbrenner. <laughs> that's so funny. And that's isn't that the same one where they heckled Daryl Strawberry and Daryl started crying? <laughs> or or Ken Griffey Jr. ends up accidentally getting gigantism. Oh, how funny. I think it was Ken Griffey Jr. Maybe I might be saying I thought it was Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> I can't remember. I've, it's been so long since I've seen that episode. I have to pull it out. That for the is kids such a fantastic episode. I know the Simpsons won't be able to return to that because they made fun of everybody. They didn't just go like one note. I mean, that's the beauty of comedy. We can poke fun at each other, and you know, and it's like okay, you know, we just poke fun at each other, and you know, we laugh at the bad stuff because otherwise we would be crying. You know, that's what a lot of people say, and it's true. You know, yeah. there's a lot of that stuff happening and sometimes i think what some of these great comedians would come up with especially with of all people norm mcdonald but i'm not gonna say on here because uh <laughs> this episode wouldn't be allowed to air but i'm just saying norm mcdonald man he would have a lot of comedy gold during these times right now he sure would. Yeah, if you want to do yourself a favor, just go and uh, Google Norm McDonald inappropriate weekend update jokes. Uh, weekend update jokes. You'll especially find... without OJ Simpson. That's what I was gonna. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. You'll find probably forty five minutes of OJ Simpson jokes that are just. I mean, <laughs> you, you can tell that he wasn't necessarily given the green light on all of them. <laughs> He just didn't care. And when you want him to do like an inappropriate one, he gives you the most innocent. And and he knows that that makes you mad because you know you want him to go all in. And he's like, OJ Simpson, you know, he's not so bad of a football player. Just don't give him a knife. <laughs> you yeah. know, or something like that. Did, now, did you ever see his, was it called Hitler's Dog comedy special? And he talked about O.J. Simpson, and he he goes, uh, he goes, you know, it's weird, isn't? It? You'll talk to people, and you go, uh, you know, the worst part, the worst part is the hypocrisy. He goes, no, no, the worst part is the murder. 
Or maybe he was talking, or was he talking about, he might have been talking about Bill Cosby. But yeah, the worst part is the hypocrisy. Like, no, 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 no. The worst part, the worst part is the murder. I think I think it was actually about Bill Cosby. So I think he's like, the worst part is the, the other thing. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he goes in hard and he doesn't back off um, of people just because it's, uh, you know, because not everybody has condemned them yet you know what i mean like he he went after oj and there was still a big huge chunk of the country holding on to the idea that he had nothing to do with it and i think most people have at least kind of come to terms with the fact that he had something to do with it but it took, yeah it took a long time for us to get here though yeah it's i i think one cameo that i want to mention uh while we're on the subject of O.J. Simpson, it's kind of funny. I was thinking, somehow O.J. Simpson was on airplane. Uh, no, it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know why I thought O.J. Simpson was on airplane. I just thought... You know why? Cause... I know it's either Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or O.J. Simpson. Maybe O.J. Simpson was on Naked Gun. Maybe yeah. that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, he was in the Naked Gun movies. He was the O.J. did the Naked Gun movies, and Kareem was the one in the airplane movie. Yeah, that's right. Leslie Nielsen. But either way, they, they both did a great job, you know, like, with, with the cameos that they did, you know? I mean. Yeah, they did. And I think they – did Kareem play himself? I know he was a pilot. I, I think he did. I, <laughs> I I think he did. And the people are still trying to figure out, whatever happened to that Lou Alcindor guy? That guy <laughs> became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, okay? You don't need to make a true crime mystery out of it. He just changed his name. That's it. Welcome to another sports true crime. We try to figure out whatever happened to Lou Alcindor. Oh, wait. Let me see if I can do like John O'Hurley. Uh, today, uh, we are looking forward. We're, we're trying to figure out about what happened to Lou Alcindor. We have callers on standby. <laughs> Hello? Yes. He changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, Turns out we found out that he changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We'll let you know of more mysteries next time around on Sports True Crime. I'm John O'Hurley. John O'Hurley is amazing, by the way. I loved him when he was uh, the host of... Uh, he hosted before Steve Harvey did uh, Family Feud for a little while. And then he also was... Um, I mean, he was the boss on Seinfeld. But he's, he's did a lot of really cool stuff. Dude's real super tall. Yeah, and he had that deep monotone voice. As you could tell, people, that wasn't the best John O'Hurley impression, okay? I didn't say I was an impressionist. <laughs> All right. Yeah, direct your emails to our email. What's our email address again? Direct them to there. And we might... It's coffincornerspod at gmail.com. Coffincornerspod at gmail.com. I like that. So, um, speaking of game shows, there was a few athletes that crossed over and hosted game shows, too. There was a Chargers punter named Rolf Bonerchke. I may be pronouncing his name wrong, but he he actually hosted Wheel of Fortune when Wheel of Fortune was so popular that they had, like, the regular, you know, Pat Sajak and Vanna White version. And they did a daytime version that was hosted by Rolf Bonerchke. How great is that? <laughs> That sounds amazing. Probably he did a lot better than probably his punting. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> now, what didn't was it Aaron Rodgers who did really good on Jeopardy? Was it Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, yeah, it was Aaron Rodgers. And, and they then wanted him I to. I think re- they got Ken Jennings, Ken James, because he was a champion. Yeah, they, you know? but they were they were kind of wanting. I'm not. They're not. When I say they, I'm not saying the show was, but there was a lot of people that wanted him to be considered to replace Trebek. It was Aaron Rodgers because he was pretty popular, and he. But he did. He hosted a few times though, right? Yeah, he hosted a few times, and he did and great, from what I understand. Also, speaking of sports players hosting, I'm glad you mentioned this, but I kind of forgot that Peyton and Eli at some point uh, hosted a show, and they, and I think it was kind of like. It was sort of Jeopardy, but it's not exactly Jeopardy. It was just a bunch of college uh, college students competing with each other to see who is smarter, like especially oh, nice. <laughs> with their rivals. And I think the winner got like scholarship money. But even these days, I'm not sure if scholarship money is even worth the paper of the grease. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think there's I think there's more and more companies that are that want to hire people that didn't go to college now because I think like, they yeah I, I think it's it's gotten to the point of it, it I I'm not sure but I think there was a there was a statistic that it's now around sixty there look sixty percent that are hiring are looking more for people in trade schools than in college yeah so that's crazy that makes sense. Yeah, the colleges keep shooting themselves in the foot. But not Venture College. They make sure to have some career technical schools. <laughs> so so even if you go to Venture College, I mean, if there's a career that you know could become a career, they even have some of those classes oh. as well, which is, which is a smart move on their part, I have to say. You oh, know? yeah. I, I, I think that the college systems have – a lot of value in them. I just think that the, the people that are going to these, you know, these schools and they're spending all this money to go across the country and then they're just going to be indoctrinated. That's a totally different thing. Yeah. Ventura college is amazing. And I've met so many incredible with the apartment that I live in. There's a lot of athletes that end up living here from the college because we're pretty close to the college. And so we've had like, um, it was a few volleyball girls that lived in the apartment next to me. And I would, you know, talk to them all the time. They're really good quality people with like good values and all of that stuff. So, um, just, you know, really cool. I know that the, the, not necessarily that the school is the one producing these folks, but there are really good quality people in the college systems without a doubt. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I actually did go to Ventura College. I mean, originally I was going there to study journalism, and the only journalism class they had was online, and that didn't work out well. But I'm kind of glad, you know, the experience of college. You know, it's it's not, you know, the ivy walls that you see in a lot of, you know, college movies. I didn't go to, like, wild parties. But I think that might have been great for me in the long run, I think. Yeah, I think but I'll... you want to know an interesting fact? What's that? I actually did at some point, uh, speaking of, of girls volleyball, there was one season I actually was the announcer for the women's volleyball team. Oh, wow. How cool is that? And I found out from my acting class, they were looking for someone to be the announcer. 
So if I didn't take that acting class, I wouldn't have found out that they needed an announcer. It wasn't their best season, you know, I, but I was happy to get the experience. Yeah, that's a, and, what a cool gig. I love that. No, it did not lead to dating, but no, it did lead to knowing someone that actually wanted to, you know, got to know a little bit more. Uh, turns out they wanted to go in a similar field to me. And if it was Hallmark, they would go like, oh, this is such a great way to make this movie. But it didn't work out that way. That's not real. That's not the reality, people. <laughs> it's it's not a Hallmark movie where it's like one guy ends up being they they were looking for a an announcer for the women's volleyball team. And has to try to get along with a stubborn volleyball player. Or, or like something, and and they have to save, they have to save the arena because they don't have enough in the budget. Can they do it and tolerate each other? I think Hallmark and they movies. they fall in love with each other? <laughs> I think Hallmark movies are more toxic than social media because anybody that watches the Hallmark movies, you expect all of these, you know, these pitfalls in life to lead to like a. You're like, oh, no, okay, now, now the the photographer is gonna fall in love with me. You know, you're like. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> so, it's so funny. You'll you'll talk to so many young people that'll have these unrealistic expectations, and you're like, "Hey, that's not really how it works." <laughs> yeah, so you should funny. talk to ladies these days. It's just crazy. They're expecting, you know, six feet, seven figure income, and you're like, "We find it a miracle that we can get out of a or out of a recession, or even be able to make." twenty thousand dollars a year if we're lucky <laughs> you know <laughs> like seven figure income per year what the heck i'm six i'm <laughs> six two so i've got that and i technically make a seven figure income if you count the ones past the decimal point <laughs> okay i i see what you did there so that's why you're are... the comedian and and i'm uh <laughs> the screen printer prepper it took me a little bit to try to figure out <laughs> yeah we've got a long way to go before i've been in the six seven figures that's for sure i've got to i've got to turn some stuff around but we're rally we're gonna rally that's how it works <laughs> do we have any sports dishes or do we already go over our sports dishes for today uh we already went for our sports dishes today but I, I do want to mention uh, a couple of, of bowl games. Can I talk about a little bit of Jacksonville State? Because, you know, they, they went through a lot this season. And being able to miraculously find a way to get into a bowl, you know, being a bowl game, regardless of the fact of the NCAA, might as well be called NC double ass. <laughs> Asses that they are. Yeah, Jacksonville State played in the New Orleans Bowl against the University of Louisiana, which is interesting because they originally were called the University of Louisiana Lafayette, but now they just call themselves the University of Louisiana. It's already hard enough to spell without all the Lafayette part. You don't need all those extra word letters in there. Yeah, so I, I guess they wanted to cut it down because of that. University of Louisiana... Raging Cajuns. 
To be honest, as soon as I say that, I'm kind of craving some of those five guys uh, Cajun fries, to be honest. But Jacksonville State ended up being on top, 34-31. I do believe they went into overtime. I'm, I'm just trying to remember from the top of my head. Uh, against, But it was surprisingly a great game, especially for the New Orleans Bowl, because you don't usually expect the New Orleans Bowl to have a great game. Sorry, to be honest. <laughs> you, you you expect one team and then a and a team from Louisiana, <laughs> either from the Sun Belt or I I, I can't think of any other ones on the top of my head. <laughs> but but let me talk to you about you know what. I want to start something. Yeah, I, I want to start this, but I call the Astounding Athlete or Risen from the Grave Athlete of the Week. Ooh. Okay? I like that. I'm in. Count me in. Okay, so the so Ohio University Bobcats faced against Georgia Southern, and it looked that somehow uh, they were going to end up blowing, I do believe it was around a 27-point lead against the Georgia Southern team, but they ended up being on top 41-21. But I want to get to our astounding athlete, Ricky Hunt. He was he is a freshman running back of Ohio University. Now, throughout the season, Tom, I, I want to ask you, how many carries and how many yards do you think he got throughout the season before this game? Hmm. Throughout the season. Yes. I'm guessing it's a low amount, so I'm going to go with 182. Lower. Really? Only six carries for 19 yards Oof. before he made this uh, amazing game, and I think he even either broke or tied the record for most touchdowns scored by an Ohio University player. To be honest, he could have fooled you, but he scored five touchdowns, oh, wow. four rushing, and one receiving to beat Georgia Southern 41-21. to wow. But here's where it gets even crazier. There was another bowl game. I kind of forgot the name of the bowl game on top of my head. But Old Dominion was up 28 to nothing against the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. And they ended up blowing a huge lead. And they lost in overtime, 38-35 to 35, to the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Mm. That's just crazy. That really is crazy. Oh, my goodness. I love that story, though. I love I loved dude goes all season and doesn't even have 20 yards, and all of a sudden he just goes off. <laughs> That's so incredible. And also, I put up a poll as well, Tom, and I and I just because one of our previous Cop and Corners episode, I thought, you know, maybe sign me up for NFL films. Maybe I got people fooled, but it turns out unanimously, people said it came from Cop and Corners. Also, it doesn't really help that the Cop and Corners picture is on the recording as well. So I'll think about that next time around. <laughs> <laughs> but let me be honest, a little bit of an ego damage. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but still, I want to still take the time to thank the people that took the time to vote, though. 
Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't the results I thought I would get, but thanks to the Instagram users of Katie.Melissa, Char Official XO, Official Coil underscore 127, Roca, it's either Roca or Rocha Boxing, Official Rick Alvarez, Big K Fitness, and Adrian underscore insanity. We appreciate you, Coffin Corners listeners, for taking the time. But seriously, not one of you could humor me as saying, well, it's similar to NFL films. <laughs> you know what, Tom? Speaking of Coffin Corners fans, I just realized we don't have a name for our fan base. We're 10 episodes in. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Coffineers? Coffin Corners camaraderers? Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Another game. <laughs> that, was, that was loaded in. I didn't mean to tap that, but that was in the, loaded in the board. Remember last week? we for, I, I thought it wasn't in the board. Apparently, it's right there. Let's see. So <laughs> I had that, Coffin. That, that, is, that is perfect timing. I guess I got my answer on that one. <laughs> Playoffs. Um, <laughs> I like coffin ears. What what was yours again? Uh, coffin corners. I, I was trying to combine the word camaraderie with marauders. Oh so camaraders. Coffin marometer. <laughs> coffin marometers. <laughs> we could just say we could go with coffin ears for the time being. I like that. It, it, it's straight to the point. What about coffees? Coffees or, or coffineers, we could go with either one. Hey, go. there's not a rule that says we should only have one name for the fan base, right? Yeah, maybe we should. The more names we have, the more we are out there, right? Maybe Coffees, coffineers. We could put that one up for a vote. Mm, maybe we could. I still would like come, but I can understand why people would have trouble with. It was either... I actually had Coffin Corners Consortium, but that that would be too. <laughs> that would be too dark. So I understand that, but how about the Coffin Corners constituents? Coffin Corners constituents, I could see that. Well, maybe we should have a, a poll and, and see what people want. How about that? All right, I like that. And then I'll try to have the. Uh, the great, the great audio from "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" Is you is or is you ain't my constituents? <laughs> yeah, that was such a good movie. I love that. Is you is that was actually one of my dad's favorite movies. You you brought that up. It it just uh, brought some memories to my dad. I still miss that guy. Yeah, I can only imagine, bro. But yeah. That it doesn't surprise me that he uh, loved that movie because that movie is so loaded with uh, with like quotes and so funny and so many turns and it's just so it also has like this relaxing you know pace to it too so it's kind of a that's a cool one yeah just don't play that song with with the ladies in the river, okay? They are <laughs> sirens, all right. I would probably drown too. <laughs> That's the um, go to sleep little babe or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and they're dressed like in in 
in those uh, traditional clothing. Oh my goodness! If I saw a wearing traditional clothing these days, you know, <laughs> dressed like that, sundresses. Oh man, all that's left is, is them saying, "Why run the ball in the Why run the ball in the middle, you idiot? <laughs> why Why use prevents? You could have done free man deep." And making a burger? And doesn't mind horror movies? Oh. Oh, people would have to stop me from the ring store. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the, that was, uh, that, that temptation got them, didn't it? <laughs> it turned one of them into Ooh. a toad. We thought you was a toad. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a local, there's actually a local tie-in that's really, really cool. My buddy, Josh Karsman, who, um, he, he does all the fundraising and marketing over there for Turning Point Foundation. Um, he used to work over at the Fillmore Western Railroad. That hand cart that's used at the beginning of the movie, when they first get out of the, off of the chain gain and they jump on the, you know, the, they jump on the, the hand cart and the guy's like, you know, you will not find the fortune you seek or whatever. I can't remember exactly the words, but that hand cart was actually has actually was being held in Fillmore for years and years and years. And then when they ultimately decided to kind of close down the railroad Fillmore red, when they ultimately decided, when they ultimately decided to close down the Fillmore Western railroad, uh, they ended up selling that cart. So that hand cart ended up being, I believe, it's not that far away, though. I'll have to ask Josh, but it's I believe that handcart's not super far away. It might be like Arizona or something. Wow. That's an interesting tie-in to our 805, our local you know, stuff. That Fillmore Western Railroad did so many movies and so many shows. You'd be surprised how many they did. It's really kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of interesting watching some stuff. And you watch the second time, and you go, "Oh yeah, they filmed it right there. Yeah. That's near my backyard. That's crazy. <laughs> Could have fooled me." It really is. It's pretty wild. Well, since Christmas is coming along, do you have any uh, favorite Christmas memories, or or gift, or or mm. or specials that you felt that you must watch, um, or movies? I'm not a huge Christmas special guy. I do. The movie Elf is fantastic, and I would watch that any time of year. Um, I'm not one of the people that that understands the the mania behind the Christmas story. The movie's fine. It's funny enough, but like any other fine movie, seeing it once in my lifetime is fine. I don't need to revisit it every single year. Um, so, and I don't say that, so now you, you, you asked me for something that I, a tradition of mine and I'm pooping on other people's traditions. Isn't that a great way to get, get new fan base? <laughs> that movie's done. <laughs> but yeah, so I would say Elf is a good one. And then when I look back to gifts, my parents have always been really incredible gift givers, really good. And, um, I do, and they didn't always have the budget to be great gift givers, so they but they figured out a way to do it. So um, thinking back, the one that surprised me the most was we did a we had a Christmas in Seattle one year, and I remember we were kind of under the impression we weren't going to get gifts because 
going to Seattle kind of was the gift. And we loved visiting our grandparents in Seattle. They had this house that was right on Queen Anne Hill. It was really beautiful, just a little short, you know, you know, few hundred feet walk. And there's this lookout point where you could see downtown Seattle, the Space Needle. It was just a really incredible place. Um, but that year, we didn't think we were getting presents. And um, sure enough, they got us laser tag. They got us all the laser tag stuff. So we had enough kits for our cousins to play with us and stuff. It was really cool until my my cousin Angie bit it and really, <laughs> I think she had to go to the emergency room because she she uh, got scraped up really bad. But it mm. was uh, up until that, it was the best Christmas bit gift ever. <laughs> oh. How about you? Any any Christmases stand out? Any traditions stand out? Any memories that you that you'd like to share with our friends? Uh, yeah, one with my dad. Uh, just it just brings back memories. I remember one Christmas. Uh, it was either a cell phone or a beeper, and the Chris and my dad was was helping out with the Christmas decorations, and apparently the Christmas tree ended up uh, pickpocketing the phone from my dad's pocket, and he was wondering where his cell phone was, <laughs> and it was in the Christmas tree. That's so great. And and the best gift I I don't want to say best gift, you know, because because my parents and my brother and my, and my family they they go out. Even a a food gift card, you know, the in and out, I'm I'm happy with. Yeah, I just appreciate the fact that they took the time. They didn't really have to. Yeah. You know, and and I really appreciate from all of them. I remember one Christmas, uh, my Aunt Glinda got me a Nintendo DS. Whoa, nice. And I remember I remember a Christmas that my mom and dad got me Vince Scully books. Oh, wow. Yeah. I and... That. I mean, I was mostly, like, I was mostly book-obsessive. And so they knew I really, I really appreciate Vince Scully. Uh, we even joke around. Uh, my dad joke around. You see Vince Scully like I do with uh, Abraham Lincoln, you know. So, <laughs> and and speaking of that, my my dad also went all out. So the speaker series I I told you about, you know, I got a chance to see Vince Scully. That was also counted as a Christmas gift. It was counting Christmas, birthday, whatever holiday. They all counted that as a gift. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's what my dad joked around about. Nice. <laughs> it it was great to see it was great to see Vince Scully in person and him talking about, you know, his experience in the broadcasting field. Yeah. That that was a great gift. I but the one that I remember most was my brother. My brother got me a Ellie Ram shirt. And I had no idea what he meant in the card it just said looking forward to seeing you wear that to the game and I'm like i don't understand what the heck are you talking about brother <laughs> like like watching on the tv and stuff what why did you say it like that and it was in a spider-man card i remember that it was in a spider-man card <laughs> and i still have that card somewhere and what he meant was he was gonna take me to an la rams football game that's so great. It was supposed to be a surprise, but I didn't caught on what the surprise was. <laughs> yeah. 
he, he was giving me a shirt, and I'm like, yeah, I'm looking forward to wearing this while we're watching the Rams games. Me too, bro. He's like, no, no. I got you tickets to go to an NFL game. It was actually be on New Year's Day. So <laughs> I think it was around 2017, I do believe. Wow. But <laughs> it was cool. I remember that game too. It was 42 to 6. The Cardinals whooped the Rams' butts. Oh, but nice. I remember, you know, hanging out with my brother a whole lot more than, than, than the score. Actually, David Johnson, who was the running back at the time for the Arizona Cardinals, was actually going at, after a record that was unheard of in the NFL, getting 100 all purpose yards in all 16 games. Oh. He ended up getting injured in the first quarter. Oh, bummer. But the surprising part, he wasn't too far from making that record either. Whoa. I think he had 19 more yards, 19 more yards, and he would have had the record. Yeah, he was a real beast when when he and he wasn't around very long. But boy, he was good when he was playing. Yeah, he definitely was. Yeah, I I just wanted to share that, and also I have a tradition making sure of watching some specials. I really enjoy watching the Rugrats Santa experience, the Santa experience. I make sure to watch one of those cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies, either the Mistletoe Promise or something of that nature. But always, yeah, it's it's a lot of great traditions, making cookies with family and just great. Do you have any uh, social media accounts that you follow for Christmas? Uh, for Christmas? No, I don't. Is there any? Is there any social media accounts that our followers should follow for Christmas? Oh, oh yes, they should. They should. <laughs> they should follow Coffin Corners on Instagram. Also, coffincornerspod at gmail.com If they have any uh, suggestions for uh, topics, suggestions for topics, you know, for football or for anything else that they think, you know, I think this would be interesting to hear from you guys talking about this. Maybe even the state of comedy itself. I think that would be an interesting topic to discuss on a little bit more as well. Oh, yeah. That'd be and, great. Also, and also make sure to rate, review, leave us some stars, you know. To be honest, Tom, you know, for Christmas – would be great to have a pair of jeans, but it would be even greater if we found a way to, you know, be nominated for being well known in Venture County podcasts. That would be great. That would be a great Christmas gift. Yeah, that would be good. We'll have to uh, start letting people know that we're out here and start uh, getting people getting people to know we're doing stuff. I think that's a great idea. Well, I hope. You and then the world. <laughs> no, no, I came back. <laughs> I hope you have a, an amazing Christmas, my friend. I really do appreciate um, all the work that you put into our show, and I appreciate the fact that you show up for me every week and you uh, you you stay in contact with me to make sure that I'm held accountable to doing the show and that you have no idea how much I appreciate that. So I really do enjoy our time together, and I really appreciate um, you doing Coffin Corners with me, and I look forward to just continuing to keep this train rolling. Yeah, same here, Tom. I really do appreciate it. As I said before on a previous podcast episode, you're finding a way to have me have one of my dreams to become a 
reality. And to all of you coffineers of Coffin Corners out there, we wish you all to have a wonderful Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Whatever holiday you celebrate, there's a lot of them. We hope you have a wonderful one, especially with family and friends for togetherness. With the 262nd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Brock Purdy, a quarterback from Iowa State. The frozen tundra of Municipal Stadium made footing tenuous, and defense prevailed most of the day.